And it, what it did for me was really like made it feel like I, got, I had access to an adult form of Judaism for the very first time mm. where God wasn't like just a man in the sky, but was really like an embodied experience that like broke open that whole kind of dualistic patriarchal vision. Check one, two, one, two. Is this thing working? You're listening to Rabbi Ariel Scholl the wisdom and tools you need to thrive. Hi, everybody. Hi. Welcome. I'm so excited for to be back again in this new series where I'm interviewing teachers, Jewish mindfulness teachers from all over the world who have been doing this, have been dedicating their themselves to teaching and practicing in this space and uh this for me this is an amazing way to just connect with all these amazing teachers and also hear a little bit about their story and also for you to be able to encounter these teachers so that you can learn maybe a new style or encounter a new voice that might speak to you and also have the opportunity then to go and learn with these teachers on your own because that's what this is all about and uh, our aim is to teach you something new, uh, to hear an interesting story, but also not just uh, to uh, not just fluff. We want to give you some skill for your journey. We want to give you some way to uh, help you navigate your own challenges. So if you love it, please share it. Uh, subscribe and uh, this is free obviously so that's a way that you can give back to us is by recommending by commenting by rating us and uh, supporting the work so today we're gonna do things a little bit different not that we have a great uh, structure but I messed up and I didn't tell uh, Yael ahead of time that I would like her to share a teaching so I don't want to put her on the spot and so we're gonna jump straight into the interview today the Q&A bit, and we're going to get to hear about her story, and uh, and then we'll uh, and then she'll tell us what she's working on and what she's doing, and you'll be able to have a chance to follow up with her and connect with her if you feel like what she's speaking about is connecting to your heart and could be uh, she could be helpful for you in your process. So, hi, Yael, I'm so excited for you, you to be here uh, because uh, since I started practicing your name has been always in the sphere of Jewish mindfulness and the people who I've encountered have always said to me and people who I really trust and love have always said yeah El Shai you have to speak to her you too <laughs> you too would connect and you she she's you know I'm not trying to embarrass you but this is what people have been telling me for years and years and years they say oh. me too Oh my God, you got to talk to her. So, um, <laughs> so like a few months ago, we, we connected over Facebook during pandemic and, yeah. and uh, everything is true <laughs> that they've said. <laughs> um, and so I'm excited to get to know a little bit about your background as well. And so why don't you, why don't we start with just, you know, how did you come to, uh, well, first of all, where are you now? And, uh, you're in, I don't know where even, I don't even know where you are. I imagine it's somewhere on the East Coast. Yes, I am in Rhinebeck, New York, which is in the Hudson Valley, about two hours north of the city. 
And, um, and just before I launch into my story, I just also have to say, it has been years of people telling me about you too. And it's funny that we just haven't exactly crossed paths, like, you know, in any place other than Facebook, but I have also been hearing just like, you got to connect. You guys are so much like each other. And, you know, I take that as the highest compliment now, having gotten to know you a little bit. Thank so. you. Yeah. Thank you. I'm, so I'm glad that that's, we're connecting now. Yes, um, yes, so you're in New York. Yes. And um, tell, tell me, okay. So where, where, where does this all start for you? Where yeah. did Jewish mindfulness come to play? What sort of uh, brought you here? Where, what's origin? Yeah. I grew up, uh, my mom is a rabbi, a conservative rabbi, and was one of the early generations to become so. And in we um, were raised very observant. And that's how I kind of grew up. I always loved Judaism. I always felt connected to it and felt like it was just a central part of who I was. And I also, um, by the time I got to college, I had been living with just so much misery, anxiety, suffering, stress, loneliness, throw some PTSD in there, some, um, you know, some just family struggles. My parents got divorced. Like Mm. there was just a lot brewing and I was in a really, in a really, really bad state midway through college. And uh, I was having regular panic attacks and just Mm. a lot, a lot of suffering. And my mom, who was like in the Jewish world, said to me, like, had a flyer at that time. They had flyers. And she was like, there's a flyer for this Jewish meditation retreat. Like, do you want to go on it? And I had never meditated a day in my life. Like I thought, that's not exactly true. But like the one time I meditated in high school, I just fell asleep immediately and so I had no idea, A, like what really meditation was, B, what a retreat was. So I was like, yeah, I'll go. It sounded like really nice and relaxing. I went, I, I like convinced my sister to come with me. We both went and it's the first time, I guess I didn't read the fine print. I don't know, but it was like the first time I fully understood it was silent for seven days. <laughs> when you got there, they were like, <laughs> okay, so say your last words. Yes. I was like, what the hell did I sign up for? Like, I just didn't understand before signing up. There's no way to understand before, right? I mean, like, there's no way to understand quite what you've signed. Even if you understand, even if you had read silent. Yeah. You probably were like, oh. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, that sounds peaceful. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The sitting part. Yeah, you could prepare yourself for. Yeah, I think I didn't get that it was like just practice, followed by practice, followed by more practice. You know, like you don't get a break. That it wasn't. It just wasn't relaxing. And I immediately sort of kicked up into um, panic and anxiety, and I was like having attacks. And by the third day, I was rooming with my sister, but we weren't talking to each other. Oh, actually, you actually followed the rules. Yeah, I'm a good oh, student. Okay. I did everything. <laughs> I just know. I just remember that movie, the the show Fleabag, where they yeah. like, do you watch yeah. that? Where yeah. they're like on this silent retreat, but they're not silent. <laughs> yeah, 
was my imagination. So well, my sister just like flouted everything. She she didn't go to a single like she maybe went to one meditation period and like went out into the woods and did yoga. But I was I was like a good student and I was trying really really hard and just suffering. And mm. it was with um, the Coopers. Uh, oh. David Cooper is a teacher who just passed away recently, mm. and they oh, were some yeah. of the originators of this of the sort of Jewish meditation retreat model with Jeff Roth. They had been doing it at that time with Jeff Roth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was great. I mean, we were like the youngest people there by like 40 years, but it was really great. (laughs) (laughs) So you Um, got in and three days in, you were like, whoa. Three days in, I was like about to run away into the woods. I was like, I can't do, deal with this anymore. And I met with Rabbi David Cooper and, and he said to me some advice that has like stayed with me forever, which is like, I was like, I'm just so afraid and I can't deal with like the fear that's coming up. And he said to me, like, fear doesn't like the light, like see what's underneath the fear. And that started this whole process for me of like starting to finally take apart what anxiety is, what panic is, what's underneath it. And it started to like open up so, so much for me, obviously not overnight, but it really broke through things that had never, that I had struggled with so much before then. And then I went on the retreat the next year and I went the next year. And then finally I started going on more than one retreats. I would go to multiple. And then um, 2008, I co-founded the Jewish Meditation Center in Brooklyn. And then after that, I started a meditation center at NYU and uh, went on to become trained it through the Institute for Jewish Spirituality in tra- um, meditation teaching and just kept teaching, kept learning, kept going on retreats. And here I am. There you go. Yeah. And at some point in that that process, you were, uh, you be, you became it became daily. I'm assuming because retreat is its own thing, and there's a depth yeah. that you can go to. But there's also, in my experience, a certain difference in the practice. It's it's yes. like a low burn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like brushing your teeth. Yes, I think. For, it took years for me to have a regular practice. Like at the end of every retreat, I was always like, yeah, gonna I'm in this it. year. <laughs> then, what I'm going to do every day. Yes. I'm going to hold on to this. Like morning, night, I'll pray every day. You know, like you have all these dreams. Chant. I'm going to chant, <laughs> chant hour, every morning. <laughs> right? Because it's so delicious. There's nothing more delicious than a chanting session, a live group. You know, I never really liked it. I still don't really like it, but I can see how other people do. I think, do you sing? Uh, I don't know. I'm kind of like, I like to. Yeah. I think there's a childhood, like, part of me that really would love to sing and would be on the, I was in the chorus and all that, all that other stuff. And when I'm in the chanting, I like it. Yes. But it has to be really uh, very basic Mm -hmm. and it has to be, um, I don't know. I have to connect with it in some way. Otherwise I'm not, I'm kind of similarly, I love it Yeah. in some way, but there's a part of me that's like, can we just meditate? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think like 
I think for people with good voices, it's a whole different experience. Oh, you don't have a good voice. Yeah, I just like hit up against my own like voice, like capacity to sing, but I could still get into it sometimes. Mm. But definitely when I'm on my own, it's not this. It's You're just not going to do that. No. Yeah. yeah, I don't chant on my own. Uh, yeah. I always say like after a treat, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go do it. I'm going to do it. It's going to be so good. And then. I don't know. And then I'm just a weirdo chanting in my room, (laughs) you know, know? I'm too self-conscious. Maybe that's, that's, I don't know. Maybe that's me, but it sounds like other people too. I think so too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Like such part of it is just being lifted in the group and like that dissolving into the group. And so. And it's not a pressure of you carrying the tune every time, right? You can be quiet and still be part of it. And right. Totally. Yeah, there's something that's missing in that pandemic wise. I think that that's yeah. the biggest thing about retreat that doesn't map into the uh, virtual world. I think totally, totally. Like, I don't know if you've been um, if you've been clued into this like um, sea shanty craze that's on TikTok right now. I'm not on TikTok, <laughs> so <laughs> I, I just joined, but. My, um, I, I got like wind that there's this sea shanty, like, like super viral craze. People are recording sea shanties on top of each other and sending them all these harmonies. And it's gorgeous. And I kept thinking to myself, like, it really reminds me of like Nigun and like, just like getting lost in the melodies and the harmonies. And, um, I think that's what's next. That's the next TikTok Crazy. Yeah, the rabbi, the the Jewish, uh, the Jewish song. The green the circle. Yeah. <laughs> it could be. You could start it. No, I can't. But someone else could. So, so I'm curious what the, like, okay. So I understand that you were suffering, and that you kind of. It's interesting you said a flyer because I've talked to a few people who have been like, yeah, I was, and then I was, and then I saw a flyer. And then, you know, or I, got yeah. or I got a, for me, it was, I, and I saw a poster, a flyer, a poster, a flyer on a cork board at the yeshiva in Jerusalem that said Jewish meditation retreat. And I was like, oh, great. Similarly, I was duped into it. When they say retreat, I was like, oh yeah. I was also dealing with a whole lot of, um, emotional like upheaval I was I had I had just been through a uh I was a first responder as with working with Magen David Adam in Jerusalem and I had just maybe I don't know two weeks or three weeks before that responded to a bomb and just have seen the like the horror the horror of what it's like to see people like um exploded Oh and uh, and uh, and shrapnel and all the whole thing, and so I was kind of coming in fresh off of that, and so when I saw when I saw a retreat, I was thinking, oh, like umbrella drinks, probably what you thought, probably yes, totally, right? Saunas, yeah. what is there <laughs> going to be a massage here, right? And mm-hmm. I thought, oh, you know, there's like a very pretty cushy, I bet, and I bet it's going to be like really loose and nice, and it's really rigid right this the structure of a retreat is not that um so i'm glad you stuck in <laughs> stuck stuck with it who um who was the, leading your one uh that was in in israel so it was the first year that jeff 
similarly, Rabbi Roth, mm-hmm. uh, under I guess he sponsored James, and our one of our other teachers, our Coke teachers. Yeah. Uh, it was the first time that Jeff was coming in and helping James build the Israel uh, branch, and so it was Jeff and James and Joanna. Oh, wow. Um, and Joanna Katz. So those were my teachers. And actually, similarly, I'm thinking about my own story through your eyes. Is yeah. Um, a few days in, I sat across Jeff, and I was like, I don't think I can do this anymore. This sucks. <laughs> right? Because just my body was not used to sitting that long. My mind was definitely not ready. I mean, and and I was trying to, I was kind of, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a practice. Oh my gosh. Um, I just remember a lot of spending a lot of time wondering when the hell that bell was going to be rung. Yes. Like, yes. please. <laughs> when is it? Okay. One more breath. Okay. One more breath. And then I remember, I remember the instruction. Okay. Like, you know, just try not to move just, you know, and you're like, what are you talking about? I'm going to die if I don't move. <laughs> <laughs> if I don't move, I might die. Yeah. That's what it feels like, and I remember he said to me, um, you know, what are you feeling uh, emotionally? And I said, I'm feeling angry. I feel like I'm angry with God. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't think I'm allowed to feel that way. And he mm-hmm. said, why not? I think God can take it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> sure. Okay, great. And it sort of just made space in the in my practice in that moment for me to be okay to feel that Mm. and that sort of shifted similarly to i think uh different in a different way but but just making space for yeah the fear is there okay anxiety is there okay anger is there okay right bring it into the light bring it into the light let it be and feel it and then see what happens and that's the approach i think that is liberating that's the liberating is when you can finally turn towards the thing that's been shutting you down that's right yeah so i'm kind of that's so cool let's tell me uh jewish mindfulness what's the what does that mean to you as opposed to it sounds like you got your start in the jewish mindfulness world and then continued there and probably in that time span i'm assuming you've also come across more strictly Buddhist mindfulness. Yeah. And how do you differentiate or what do you make of it? Yeah. It's funny that we both have stories of Jewish mindfulness retreats being our first, because Mm. I think that's kind of rare for anybody above our age because. Yeah. um, It didn't exist, right? It didn't exist. Yeah. We were in like some of the early days and I'm assuming we're somewhat close in age, but like I, um, somewhere in the range. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it's very, I, I, I started in that way because of those rabbis like Jeff and Joanne and Joanna and, um, Cooper's right. Cooper's who like paved the way in a really big way and they, and so it took a while. So I was, I guess like probably about eight years into my practice, maybe when, um, when I started the Jewish meditation center. And for me, what Jewish meditation was at that point was um, what they were doing, which was the Coopers were kind of doing their own thing. Have you ever sat with them? 
No, unfortunately. I've only heard. Yeah. Um, but they, they had a Cooper way, I think. They did. It was a, it was a, it's kind of a blendy of different sorts of practices. It was very largely Buddhist in style, but mm. then there was the chanting and then, um, Jeff, right. Jeff was playing the guitar, I think. And... Yes. When they were doing it together. Yeah. Jeff was still doing that model. And, um, and then, but David had studied all kinds of different types of Buddhism and he'd studied some Sufism. Whoa. And so he, there would be like little blends of a bunch of different things. Cool. Um, but the, but the rest of the teachers that I ever practiced with had really like their teachers were largely Buddhist. So they were passing along like generally a Buddhist framework with overlays of Judaism and or like finding the meaning in Judaism but it was it was a little bit of like a hodgepodge and that's what I learned and that's how I learned and it, what it did for me was really like made it feel like I, got, I had access to an adult form of Judaism for the very first time mm. where God wasn't like just a man in the sky but was really like an embodied experience that like broke open that whole kind of dualistic patriarchal vision of God and us and people and breath and all of that kind of magic. And, um, and that's really what I've, what I've sort of stuck with and stayed with. It's almost like a reimagining or reseeing of Judaism um, and still taking and using the 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 like map of the mind that Buddhism did did that like I don't believe that at least no I don't believe is present in Judaism in the same way. And not explicitly, right? It's no there's no like systematic right approach, which seems to me what the Buddhist like how to meditate manual yes. is is like pretty it's really good. <laughs> they figured it out pretty. They spent a lot of time in energizing it. Exactly. And not just how to meditate in my mind, but also like how the mind works, like how they, the, how something moves from a sensation to a perception to a, you know, a view, a way of thinking, and then it's a thought. And then it's, a you know, like that kind of mapping structures are so rich and deep. Um, but I practiced to your point from 2008 until 2014, I practiced with the Brooklyn Zen Center Ooh. pretty religiously. Like Zen is its own thing. You got to know how to flip the bowls and the whole thing. And the, yeah, there's, there's a whole, there's a whole lines of stuff. <laughs> you got to say a thing when people walk in and you get, it's a lot of bowing, right? a lot of bowing. Yeah. Jewish. <laughs> well we stand for this we sit for that yeah. we bow for this no you don't bow like that for this you not only at the knees for this one yes there's yeah exactly exactly and and i loved it like i unexpectedly loved it i wasn't looking for any buddhism i wasn't looking for another religion but it i really really i, I just found it to be beautiful and i found it to be i missed judaism like I missed the um, the the life that I felt like in Jewish spaces and the the like vitality. Mm. Um, so I ended up kind of like kind of leaving that community, but it really deeply taught me a lot, and I'm really grateful for it. So that's so cool that you kind of spent that time in that space. 
I can't say that I have. There's a part of me that's like, I ask my teachers from time to time. I'm like, should I, should I be, you know, going into spirit rock or go to IMS or someplace where I can sit in a purely kind of Buddhist mode? Yeah. And would that enhance my practice? And the answer that I've gotten from many of my, from the teachers I've asked is, nah. <laughs> like the, it's, they said, yeah, well, it'll be the same thing without the chanting and without the Yiddishkeit in terms of the framing of the teaching is going to be, it's just not going to come from that lens. Right. And that sounds to me what you're describing in terms of not having, fe- not feeling the, it's like a, I'm putting the, I'm trying to put words on it too, because I'm, because many people have told me similar to your, your description. It's not that they didn't learn a lot in their Zen center or they do, they still go even in that practice way. Mm-hmm. It's just that there's something that it doesn't, it doesn't quite scratch a certain itch like that yeah. they wish for, that they want. It's a warmth of the familiar it's the language of probably so like you also use the word god yeah um that i don't think is talked about in the zen space no right or even addressed <laughs> certainly and then yeah. it's not and then i don't think that they're that's a bad thing necessarily probably yeah. it's very very good for a lot of people especially yeah. since they're not making also the same kind of dualistic claims mm-hmm. that we probably grew up with in a jewish environment where what what i'm saying when i say dualistic i want to kind of break that down for people because dualistic means there's a divine outside of me mm-hmm. that is kind of like has some kind of uh power over me kind of like god in the sky mm-hmm. uh i'm over here and if i do good then maybe it'll do good for me or if i don't then it won't and that seems to not make sense to a whole lot of people right um especially people who are thinking and looking around in the world and seeing that that doesn't seem to work out exactly right. Um, and not for myself and not for other people. And so what I feel actually more aligned with, and and you'll maybe you'll speak more about this. What do you mean by God, uh, and non-dual now that I really want to go into like a, that necessarily, but it's, uh, but for me, that's a, that's an understanding that everything I'm experiencing, including myself, is part of that yeah the the including myself bit is yeah. the part that i didn't really feel like i got so clearly in my religious education growing up and then it's not in the siddur really mm-hmm. you know and not in the jewish prayer book really and then it's certainly not in the torah if you've read the if you read any of the scriptures it's pretty dual so to, to now come into a meditative space and have this adult conversation about this God that's not going to come down and just lightning bolt is almost really refreshing. So I'm curious if you have any thoughts about that. Uh, I'm sure you do. So let's hear them. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I actually, I think what's been kind of illuminating to me is that it's not in the prayer book per se, in the way it's been taught. It's not in the Torah in the way it's been taught, but what, you know, what's been like kind of blowing my mind is that, actually maybe it is like maybe those ideas are actually everywhere in the torah give you an example um when i was just thinking about this recently like 
when Moshe is like on, sees the burning bush and is told to go like free the people. And he's like, I can't because of my, something happened with his mouth and his tongue. And God says like, I'll be who made your tongue. Number one, that's dualistic. But then he goes like, I will be in your mouth. I will be in your tongue. Like there is some blending, a, a smushing of God and people all throughout. And like the sense that like, don't, you know, it's exceedingly close to you. Like, don't go looking in the hills for God or for, for the Torah. Like, don't go looking somewhere else. It's right inside of you. It's part of you. And so I think that there, and that's like super level one. Like, I mean, there's much, much, much more sure. in, in like plain Jewish text site mm-hmm. that I feel like we're just not taught about the ways that it's, yes, we're two, but also we're one, including the Shema, like our number one prayer, like it's all about everything is one. And mm-hmm. so, uh, so that's the kind of thing it's there. That, you just have to kind of like. You have to go and get it out or yeah. somebody, or you have to be around somebody who's going to do that yes. for you if you don't have the skill. Yes. Right. Which is a shame. Yes, totally. Uh, because you have to kind of have this crazy level of literacy, Jewish literacy to, it feels like to do that, but I don't think it's actually totally true. Yeah. And when you learn how to start to look at the text from that angle you can start to pull from what does it mean to you and how does it land for you? I'm hoping at least, I don't know. That was a wishful thought. Yeah. I'm trying like with my kids, sometimes I'm trying my older one. He's four. And like, we talk all the time about God and he's like, what is God or what is Hashem? And I'm like, well, Hashem is everything (laughs) inside of you. And like, he, kind of, he doesn't get it, but then he kind of does get it and like just keeps circulating around it. And I think that, you know, if we all collectively decided like that's what we that's how we want to try and keep essentially smashing the idols of like being like God is this one thing, which is like how mainstream Judaism, at least my experience is like what we do. We make an idol of God. Whoa. So, throwing that out there (laughs) (laughs) well i think you're right i think you're right i think you're absolutely right i think that's what that same scene at the bush is kind of trying to say it's it's like don't try to box me up so much yeah which is is so human nature Mm -hmm. to just we just want to know like what are we dealing with, right? This is part of what I've, I feel like I've understood more through my practice is that my mind is and probably in, in pretty initially you can figure this out when you're sitting on a silent retreat and you don't know the names of the people around you. You don't know anything about them, but then you start to like make a whole story about how they are and what they're doing and what they're not doing and where they're from. And, you know, and then you, and then, you know, three days later you catch yourself and you're like, wait a second, I don't even know their name. yes you like you're in love with them and like want to marry them or you like you hate them and they're like your worst enemy can't believe that they breathe the way that they do (laughs) right there's funny stories about that but it's like but it's a sort of just a a a little moment where you can see how much our minds want crave almost need 
to have some under some solid understanding of what is this that I'm dealing with, right? Yeah. What's going on here? What are the gaps? I don't want gaps. I want to know, <laughs> right? I want to I want to know, um, and to see that in action in the practice. I think then when you then you kind of bring it back into the Torah or the the practice of of uh, the Jewish aspect of this, and you start to think like, God, did we really make all of that up? Mm-hmm. You know, I posted a question on Facebook, and it was something like, "Oh, it was a quote from Leonardo da Vinci." If you, um, uh, well, let me just pull it up. Let me see real quick. But it's basically like, if there's no, uh, let me not mess it up. How about that? Because <laughs> <laughs> I know myself, I'm just mess it up. Um, so hold on, give me one second, everybody. I'm so sorry, <laughs> but I'm not that sorry. So, so the, the quote is, life without love is no life at all. Mm. And then I said, you know, what do you think? And somebody said something like, uh, as far as we know, we have created religion. Mm. And I thought to myself, uh, not exactly about the quote, right? It was a little bit different. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not. I'm not sure it was on topic exactly, but the, but it was. It, I think it was related. But that little bit made me think: How much of this did we just lay on the divine? Right? How much of us? How much of this story is us just trying to make it solid? Yeah. Uh, this the example I think I take from that exact that same story is just a little bit later. Yeah. Moses is like, so what's your name? Yeah. You know, and Jeff Roth has an amazing recollection of this but mm. to me it's it's what's your name it's like just tell me what you are please yeah or just please give me a solid thing to hold on to so that i can idolize you right, <laughs> right? Yes. which is what we so want to do and it's so human nature and then even moses i think couldn't really either couldn't really take it in or understood that other people wouldn't be able to take it in yeah because the question is well what's your name and the answer is i'll be with you yeah. yeah. The same with the tongue, right? Mm. It's like, don't try to put me into some box, pay attention, and mm. I'm there. Mm. That gives you giving me the chills. Yeah, yeah. that's it, right? And that's a, your, your, I think it gives you the chills because it's, a, it's, you know that from your practice. Right. You've experienced that when you are here, when you are able to show up and to be with whatever is coming up instead of trying to like say, no, 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 I don't want fear. Yeah. Or, you know, no, I don't for for me, I don't want pain or anger. Yeah. Um and say, no, no, that's part of it. Mm-hmm. I don't need to be scared. I can be here and that divine essence is gonna be with me as I unfold. It gives me a confidence that I can face whatever I need to face. Yeah. And um and, and for me that's like a that's an important bit of not doing the idol, not trying to anticipate because the divine says, don't do that. Mm-hmm. And then Moses is like, yeah, but what's your name? <laughs> yeah. wow. And then it, and then it gets another, I'll be what I'll be. Yeah. And then Moses walks away going, I'll call you God. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll call you, uh, I'll call you Jehovah or whatever. Right. Um, yeah. Just walks away. Okay. Whatever. You know, yeah. I'm going to give you a name, which was what we do. Yeah. Um, and that, I think you're describing what it is that, I'm also trying to push against. 
because mm-hmm. I, because for me, this is a passion project. I think that partially, partially why people are, we're seeing these, the movement away from religion on, in our generation and generations kind of, uh, younger than us and even older than us, honestly, mm-hmm. is because the, the religion that's being taught and practiced in the synagogue space. And I think this is not just synagogues. I think this is churches as well. Many of them. Mm-hmm. Um, is that kind of ossified, um, idolized what a God, what God is instead mm-hmm. of paying attention and actually, and actually just noticing what is, what is it Yeah. to their credit though? I don't think you can build a religion off of just paying attention yeah. quite as, quite as easily. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I think it's harder. Um, but it's fascinating, isn't it? That like, that's, that, that this is in our tour. Like they could have also just, if like people made it, they could have just said like, God's name is Joe. And then like, we are, we're moving on, you know, like, why did, why do we see this resistance on God's part to be named? Like, it's fascinating. Who came up even, with that? Even in our own story, right? Some, yeah. And most people just gloss over that little bit and then move on and like, oh yeah, it's God, whatever. Right. 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 And, and then because it's too much to do, it's like that, it's like the amorphous, it's not, it's not clear. And especially my, uh, like the more engineer type minded, mathematical minded people who I, I teach, I work with, they're like, come on, just tell me, please. (laughs) You know, I can see, I can see they're like, just give me the formula, right? Give me the formula. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, but then the formula doesn't work. And that's what, that's a problem. Yeah. The formula is pay attention. Yeah. Sorry. You're going to have to find out in a minute from now what it is. Right. Exactly. Right. What is it going to be in another minute? I don't know. I can't tell you. Right. And I think there's a wisdom in that and a freedom and I love it. And a little scary. Yeah, totally. It's like, yeah, I won't, maybe it won't be for me there. You won't be there for me in a little bit. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And it's vulnerable. It's like, you know, you're just totally, um, I think like, I feel like the way that they should ask this, the ask about God, the way you should ask about God is like, have you experienced God versus do you believe in God? Like Mm. the belief thing is where it's like, there's a mistake. I think. I like that. Have, Mm -hmm. Have you experienced God? I bet a lot of people would say, yeah. I think and they so tell too. You a really weird experience. They'd <laughs> <laughs> so be like, "Yeah," and next thing I was doing, I was hiking. Probably a lot of it's going to be hiking, <laughs> right? Or like drugs, you know, things or, like yeah. that. Or yeah, I was like, "Well, I was something," and you know, or an encounter where something just felt too many alignments mm-hmm. came all at once, and it couldn't have. It just felt like it couldn't have been that perfect otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I bet a lot of those people would have said, I don't believe in God. Like, it's just the question's silly. I think. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. So I'm curious, <laughs> uh, wh- what's your, like, why are you teaching this? What do you, mm-hmm. cause there's a difference between practicing it and yeah. what kind of switched for you in terms of going outward. Yeah. Um, the best I can say here is like, it just feels like, um, 
I don't know. Like, I just said, this is like what I'm put on this earth to do in this moment. I don't know what's going to, if it's going to be forever, but it certainly feels like this is the unfolding. And, you know, when the, the way I describe it is like when it, when you know, when you're doing the thing you're supposed to be doing, it feels to me like this, like inner high five. Like, yep. Mm-hmm. The thing is plugged into the socket. Like, yes, all systems are going. <laughs> Everything is just, yeah, there's a flow. Yeah. And it's just like, that is what it feels like to be doing the thing you're supposed to be doing at this moment, at the time. Like I'm talking, it feels like I'm talking with God. God's hanging out in this situation. Um, And I'm learning so much like from others and from myself and from the world. And it's just such a, it's like a real gift. It's really special to be able to do it. And you just, you just decided one day you were like, let's what was that? Do you remember that moment? Like yeah. however, when you were that first moment where you were like, okay, let's do it. Let's put together a group. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I do actually really remember it. And <laughs> I remember feeling so like a fraud and like mm-hmm. out of my depth and like, oh my God. Even so though you'd been practicing what, eight years by then? Eight years, but like I never taught it. And like I told you, it took me the first four years to even have my re- regular practice. So I think that's normal. Yeah. So it was, um, it was like really a challenge, but I just kind of felt like, you know, the kind of thing where you just like take a breath and you leave and you're like, everybody sees the fraud, then they see it and that's okay. I'm just going to show up. So tell me when you're, uh, when you're teaching, what's your, your approach? I think we talked about this a little bit offline, Mm -hmm. um, but what's your, um, what are you hoping to pass to people? What are you hoping that they walk away with? I'm sure everyone's a little different, but on a big level. Yeah. My like Torah, I guess you could say, like if I had to sum it all up, is really, um, this is my best thinking. Like, this is what I have. I got that actually, that language from Yavila McCoy, who was my coach. And she would always, I'd always Cause I still have like moments of panic and like, can I do this? Like, do I know enough? I probably don't. And she was like, you don't have to know everything. You don't have to have all the answers. You just have to offer your best thinking. And when I sit in that and when I'm like, can I just be as clear as possible? Can I like open up, get out of my own way and like really listen. It feels like a project of listening to what wants to be shared what wants mm-hmm. to be like born into the world mm-hmm. and then do my best. And that's it. And that's, that's like really how be I real. be real. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm trying to do. Just share so a little bit of the sometimes. struggle. Yeah. Like, Oh, do I really want to share that? Oh God, it's coming out. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. I hope they like it. I hope they're okay. You know, I hope this helps. Totally. Exactly. Yeah. When you're in the, it's like in the zone kind of uh, special. It's special. Yeah. yeah. So Mm -hmm. I'm glad that you're here, that you showed up, that you spent the time. And I'm curious for other, for the people out there who've been listening and interested, what are you up to now? Hmm. What are you working on? How can they connect with you? Thank you. Um, So you can find me. So I, for many, many years, ran the Spiritual Life Center at NYU. And uh, I left in September and I started my own company called Mindfulness Consulting. And you can find me at mindfulnessconsulting.net or same website, yaelshai.com. So uh, either one of those will get you to me. And I 
um, regularly run programs, classes. I'm in the middle of teaching a class now. A new one will probably come online in a couple um, in a couple weeks. And so whenever this posts, you'll probably have more things to sign up for and ways to practice together. And um, and follow me on Instagram, Yael Shy mm. number one. And uh, and that way you'll be the first to know about things that are happening. And I also see people one-on-one in a private meditation coaching capacity. And so if that's something that interests you, you can make a free appointment on my website and um, we can talk and get a, a consultation and decide whether it makes sense to keep working together. I love that. Yeah, I think that what a gift for people to be able to encounter you and learn from you and uh, be guided by you in practice because this is like we sort of we talked about this is a gift that we've received in our lives that I think has helped uh, it didn't fix everything you know it's not like we don't have uh, what to work on but I know that I wouldn't be here if in the way that I am if it weren't for the practice I think that I think that uh it saved my life in a lot of ways, mm. and uh, and I want my. I feel like my responsibility now that I have the practice is to share with other people and help them along their path while yes. I'm still doing my own work with my own teachers. And and uh, it's just that we're in different parts of the journey. So to to offer your uh, your guidance and care and companionship. Uh, along of the path is such a gift to be giving to other people and i'm excited to continue learning from you and um thank you for being here thank you and likewise yeah so i i messed up uh, (laughs) again Um, and i i like to start with a prayer um but uh, maybe we can do a co-prayer at the end of this now um i'll start um if you want to start or i'll start i'll start and if you want to add anything, um, that would be great. I'm gonna. Uh, I, my prayer today is that uh, the time that we spent together be of benefit to us, to uh, the, all the people who are listening or watching, and uh, help uh, bring more clarity into their lives and to our lives, so that they can then walk through the world with a little bit more peace and ease and wisdom and that that peace and ease and wisdom can then uh, lead them to better choices in their life and more empowering living and that that will spread into the world around them into their little pod into the pod around them and to the country and to the world and to the universe and in that way, our work can be of benefit to all people. If you want to join into that prayer, please. Uh, I just want to add a very heartfelt amen. It's beautiful. Oh, thank amen. you so much. Yeah, thank you. So thank you, and uh, we'll, we'll be talking soon. To stay updated on new episodes, subscribe on iTunes or follow on Facebook.com slash Rabbi Schulk. That's Rabbi Shulk, R-A-B-B-I-S-H-O-L-K. Hey, so if you're really serious about this, come on down to ravariel.com 
That's www.raviel.com. Take our free trial, do the self-learn path, or try group coaching, or even come apply to work with me one-on-one. And you'll give yourself the accountability and the support and the step-by-step path that you need to feel calmer, more mindful, and happier with your life. So come on down, www.raviel.com. See you there.